Hey everyone, I'm Ron Johnson. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's the Friday Roundtable. We got Reggie Wilson, we got Luke Inman, and we got Sam Ekstrom, the producer who does it all. But it's a Friday, and for the everydayers that know, you know, Monday is a mission Monday. I'm always on a mission for something. Uh, Tuesday, I didn't testify this week. So I, I got maybe I'll throw that in later today. Uh, might have to testify. It might be a testify Tuesday on a Friday, but on a Friday, just let me find out. Let me find out for those that don't know. In my culture, it's petty. Like you, you, you're basically saying, let me find out you weren't where you're supposed to be when you said you were going to be there. That's 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 what my mom would say. Let, let me find out you left the house when you weren't supposed to leave the house. Uh, it, it's petty, but it's also it, it's a way to get a conversation started. And on this, let me find out Friday. We got to get locked in on this show. So, Luke, what you got? Yeah, let's get locked in first and foremost on the Twins after that tough matchup with the Dodgers over on the West Coast. But let me find out, Ron, is Jordan Love actually as good as all these Packer fans Mm. say he is? Sam? The top 25 college football coaches have been ranked by CBS Sports. Mm. Luke Fickle is ahead of P.J. Fleck? Let me find out. Oh, Reggie. I mean, he kind of has a little bit more success. Anyway, oh my God. let me find out. <laughs> let me find out. The Lakers waited all the way. They waited until they got all the way to the conference finals for us to find out that they are fraudulent. Mm. Mm. Well, I appreciate your fraudulentness, Lakers, because uh, you got me paid on FanDuel. Appreciate that no sweat first bet for $150. Just put five bucks in and you're going to get unlocked. It's going to unlock right on your app. And it unlocked for me, and I put it on the Nuggets, five and a half. Why? Because the Lakers, mm, they might be tired. I am a Bron fan. I'm an Anthony Davis fan, but I don't know. But you know what? That's not what I'm going to talk about today. I'm not going to put the needle in, in Reggie right now. I'm going to wait till later. Uh, but let me find out that somebody from the Vikings went a little bit faster than they were supposed to with this Dalvin Cook Twitter banner because it just doesn't feel right. But let me find out. But you know what? This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just go to FanDuel.com backslash Locked On to make every moment more. And remember, the earlier the better, because I got in the line at five and a half. As Luke pointed out, I think on Thursday's show, it ended up jumping to six and a half. And if I had taken the six and a half, I would have lost. I would have lost my no sweat first bet, but I got the five and a half. Lakers lost by six. Denver covered. So I got my money. And what should I do with it on a Friday? Probably spend it on my daughter. But hey, fellas, let's get going. Let's get started with the show. <laughs> Everybody gets $5. Uh, let's get going, fellas. Uh, let's jump out there with the twins, man. Luke, what's going on? Yeah, I thought it was maybe that first loss, that 7-3 tough loss, kind of an unconventional approach to the bullpen. You're up one in the fifth. You bring in D'Lo, and then he gets in trouble. And then Emilio Pagan, who's always so hot and cold, we remember that last year with the bases juiced, he gives up the grand slam, and that's your ball game. And I know there were some atrocious calls in this series that didn't go the Twins' way, but you just hope that kind of stuff balances out throughout the long season. And honestly, at the end of the day, You're facing such a dominant Dodgers team who's one of the best in the league at home, 17-7 and record in Dodger Stadium. And despite all the BS that we dealt with all weekend long, I think you feel fine taking one out of three and saying it is what it is, moving on to Anaheim and just trying to survive this West Coast trip before you come back home for 10 of your next 13. So not how you wanted it to look by any means, Ron, but... I don't think it's a big backbreaker in the big picture. I think they'll be fine because at least we saw a sliver of life, if nothing else, from the bats and some names they've needed to step up, which gives a little bit of hope for the future. Uh, What you got, Sam? Yeah, I I think that Ron's daughter's softball team could offer better (laughs) clutch hitting than the Twins have offered up so far. Shout out to Mission Fast Pitch and Eden Prairie. Yeah, good job, I mean, Yeah, they're champions. Um. The uh, the bases loaded situation is out of control. They are 0 for 7 this year with the bases loaded and nobody out. And they are 5 for 40 with the bases loaded in any situation. That is unacceptable. You have to put the ball in play. Way too many strikeouts. Way too many feeble pop-ups. Advance the runners. If, it's, if there's nobody out and the bases are loaded, if you hit into a double play, you score a run. But somehow the Twins can continually um, bungle these situations. So uh, I need to see more clutch hitting from some of these bats in the middle, like uh, Correa is still going to get my ire until he turns it around. Um, But 
I did like the way they battled in LA for three games. They didn't look overmatched. They just were not very clutch. And, yeah. and Sam, to your point, just real quick, their average with runners in scoring position isn't bad. It's like middle of the pack. Imagine how much better that would be if they could just score and get some clutch hits with the bases juiced. It's crazy. You're right. Yeah, Reggie, what you got? So that same Dodgers team got beat 16-8 to by my Cardinals last night. Urias gave up four home runs in one inning to the Cardinals. And they had a seven-run inning later in the game after the Dodgers made it close. And so this was my thing with the Dodgers. They are beatable. The Twins showed that they could play with anybody this season. And they can beat anybody this season. But they can also show that they can beat themselves. And I think that's something that we've seen time and time again. Fans were just upset that you put Emilio Pagan in and another one of those like high leverage, stressful situations. And he hadn't given up a home run mm -hmm. up until that point this year. But fine time to give up a home run, a grand slam that really was just a backbreaker in that in that game. I think I saw a three-game series that the Twins had a chance to win at least two of them, and they squandered their opportunities. That that bases-loaded, no-out situation, that thing is going to haunt them. And I don't know if they have any answers for that. They just have to find a way to make something happen to get the bats going some kind of way. Maybe they can do it against the Angels tonight. Yeah, it's, it's when it comes to the bats, you got you to gotta find a <laughs> – did you say Angels in the Outfield? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing that's going to help them. Is have you seen that movie, the one though. movie, Sam have you seen that? I respect it. Yeah, McConaughey, okay. star-studded cast. Yep. Okay. I was wondering Joseph if you'd actually seen that one, though, because, you know, all of a sudden, you see all the Angels fans start doing this, you know, and then it's like, oh, there's an Angel still out there. Like, no, but when you look at the, the Twins, the one thing I'll say really quick, um, it, it's you're right. It's about the bats. And, and, and Sam, to your point, um, batting is contagious. You know, I have noticed that with my daughter's softball team and just watching like Gophers softball, even like I'm excited the Gophers start their trek today. I had Autumn Peace on uh, Big Ten Pitcher of the Year uh, and, and, and she even talked about it. It's all about a mindset. You know, PJ talks about this, the Farmers Alliance. I don't know if PJ needs to go talk to the twins. Uh, but the Farmers Alliance, I never really actually understood it. I know PJ always says that, like, we got to have a Farmers Alliance. We got to have a necktie uh, mentality, blah, blah. Like, I know the shark one is never, you know, never stop swimming, always hungry. But the Farmers Alliance just talked about a grain of corn. There's one bad grain of corn and the, and the wind blows. It can screw up the entire crop because that thing can blow anywhere and plant and then just screw up the whole crop. And so when it comes to the bats, everybody has to get onto the plate knowing, you know what, I just got to put this thing in play. Like Luke said, I got to find a way to get the bats going. I got to, like, if this guy hits and the next guy hits, guys have to talk to each other too. Hey, the pitcher's doing this when he does this. The, you know, at 12 seconds, be ready for this. Like if he's late in the count, is it, like all that kind of stuff, is what makes a team great, you know, like, and, that, and that's, I think that's going to be key for this Twins team. I'm not saying cheat, because I know I've seen that with the Houston Astros. We're not saying go there, but there's ways to help your teammates out at the plate uh, from what you've seen. But you know what? We got to jump into the next topic. And uh, Sam, what you got, man? Because I, I, I'm hearing a lot of consternation on uh, the Twitterverse uh, and comments and everything about this top 25 coaches. And then Deion Sanders, not in the tw top 25. What's going on? <clears throat> D yeah, Dion not in the top 50. So CBS Sports ranked the top 70 or so college football coaches, and they revealed their top 25 yesterday. Mm -hmm. PJ Fleck comes in at number 24. Now, Ron, we knew this list was coming out. You predicted, I think, 18 or 21. Yep. Yep. Comes in at 24. Disrespectful. Other, yeah, other Big Ten coaches. <laughs> uh, Brett Bielema, 21. No swagger. Penn State. James Franklin, 10. I get it. Luke Fickle, 9. Hasn't coached a game for Wisconsin, ninth. NIL. That's an NIL put in. They put him in because of NIL. Ryan Day, 8th. Born on 3rd. Jim Harbaugh, 5th. Earned it. And that's it. So he's the <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5th, or no, 6th. The 6th yep. ranked Big Ten coach. I kind of think it's fair, actually, to be honest with you. I, I think that of a 14-team conference, the Gophers are routinely kind of in that, like, just better than than middle. They're kind of mm -hmm. in the upper third of the conference, but they're never really elite, um, to use a P.J. Fleck word. I think I agree with sixth. 
Um, I don't know if I agree with Luke Fickle being ninth, but hey, he had a lot of success at Cincinnati. Reggie uh, clearly feels strongly about that. But uh, but I think that six is about right. I, now, it's hard for me to compare P.J. Fleck to like the Kansas coach or the the Texas A&M, you know, Jimbo Fisher or Mike Norvell with Florida State. I don't know anything about Mike Norvell, but what do you think, Ron? Yeah, so I'll start this off. I, this is the one thing I'll say. When you, when you look at the um, the whole setup of the way this – list goes it's going off you're right past success um penn state michigan ohio state have been the the top of the top but they're all on the east that's the entire east and so then when you go to the west wisconsin we'll see now luke fickle yes really good at cincinnati um but he was in the conference usa he hasn't had to face big 10 teams every single week he hasn't had to play AAC. the best this is the, the ac run the a- oh, sorry, they're not Conference USA anymore? My bad. I'm, I'm super old. They um, were never Conference USA. No, were playing. they not? They weren't? I'm, this is a long time ago. Long time oh, ago. okay. I'm like, man, I didn't even know. So, it's been a while. Probably it's been since a while. you were in college. I don't even pay attention to Cincinnati. That's how much I know about them. Uh, <laughs> but no, I like Luke Fickle. Um, I was going to be a Cincinnati fan because my cousin uh, was going to go there. Like He had committed to Cincinnati, to Luke Fickle. He, he fell in love with Luke Fickle. Also, um, the fact that he's going to be able to play baseball. Well, now he's going to Wisconsin. Now, I don't know about the baseball thing, but he's going to Wisconsin because clearly he trusts in Luke Fickle. Um, so when you think about the whole situation with this coaching, P.J. Fleck being the third best coach, Bilma, Illinois had a good season. Uh, Fickle, I mean, he's had past success. Wisconsin's been good, but the Gophers did beat them. They beat them two out of the last three times. Uh, I think the one question mark has been Kirk Ferentz. People are like, oh, how's Kirk Ferentz not you know, in the top 25, at least 25, or how's he not in front of P.J.? Um, well, Overall, Iowa's boring. Uh, the nepotism is a question mark for him that he should have fired his son a long time ago. If there's any other offensive coordinator that has the worst offense in America, they're fired, but it's your son, so you want you still like your wife and, and you want her to spend the night with you uh, because if you fire her baby, you're probably not going to be able to come home. So I, 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 I do like it. I think P.J. Flake, I thought should have been a little bit higher, but I get you can't put I thought maybe 22 then. Like if Bill was 21, then P.J. should be 22. That's just my thoughts. I don't know. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, Ron, you hit a lot of it right on the head. Crazy that primetime. What'd you say, Sam? Isn't it even in the top 50? Is that what you mentioned? 55th. Yeah. That's wild, man. It's funny. I pulled this list up or so I thought. And I was like, dang, Jim Harbaugh, 23, Ferentz, 17, Franklin, 13, Pat Fitzgerald, 8. Turns out I was looking at the 2021 preseason ranking. (laughs) And it's just funny because it, it just goes to show how much can change from year to year in college football. So, I thought just to see PJ so consistent in these top 25 rankings the, these last few years, something you love to see. Honestly, it's exactly what this program needed when he got here. Uh, the stability, some consistency at the head coaching position. Guys won, what, like 24 Big Ten games, I think, in five years. Mm-hmm. Rock solid. And he's he's really raised the floor now, the standards of this team in a huge way. And, you know, some people love him. Some people hate him. I think the Gophers program is just lucky to have him in the first place. If you were to tell Gophers fans 10 years ago, hey, you're going to have a head coach where you're, he's consistently in the preseason rankings, uh, in the head coaching rankings, I should say, in the top 25, they would take that in a heartbeat. So I think the best is still yet to come. And if we could just maybe fans can just trust the process as we start this new era post Tanner Morgan now uh, with some big time recruits coming in, I think uh, people should be pretty excited. Yeah, Reggie, what you got? I'm excited to see what what PJ does moving forward, especially now adding Luke Fickle to the mix. Luke Fickle is a college football playoff head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, look, it happened, Ron. It, it happened. Did. It did. Okay? It happened. They didn't have enough. You know, we saw what happened to him, but they, they, they played hard. Cincinnati played hard. He had them there. And so – but I think this is going to be a big challenge for him, you know, going to a different conference. He was going to be in the Big 12 if he stayed at Cincinnati. Now he comes over to the Big 10 where he was bred. And so I think that matchup between Wisconsin and Minnesota is going to be very interesting moving forward, especially if if um, Fickle gets Wisconsin to the level that he wants to get them to and Minnesota just continues to climb. You know, as you said, Luke Post, Tanner Morgan and – and they continue to get these good recruits in and, and are more relevant every year. I think what I want to see from, from PJ, and maybe this is why he has not gotten to that next level that, that maybe Ron is looking for, is more meaningful wins. 
Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a interesting case now about the the playoff with the expansion and all that. So he has a chance to get Minnesota in the mix, and if he does that, then I think he definitely ups the profile even more um, and, and kind of puts him into that into that upper echelon of coaches. Yeah, I'd say, Reggie, you're right. I'm glad you told me it was the uh, AAC because uh, I'm looking at these teams and I'm even going I'm, – I'm, I think Luke Fickle should be a lot lower. You got Tulane, UCF, Cincinnati, SMU, Houston, Navy, Eastern – or sorry, East Carolina, Memphis, Tulsa, Temple, and South Florida. That literally sounds like uh, – I don't know if you guys have been to Bubba Gumps at the Mall of America, but it, it, it reminds me of Bucket of Boat Trash. Like, really, really good – options within that to eat hey, and fry it up lit last year okay don't, <laughs> don't, don't sleep on tulsa <laughs> like really good options in there like you know cincinnati could be like the lobster uh you know you got memphis and basketball you know they could be like the shrimp uh you got ucf uh their their football was pretty good you know they could be like the calamari but then you got the trash like and so I, I, that's it, like temple like come on like Mm, you know, I don't know. So, so we'll see how Luke Fickle does when you got to go up against Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Iowa. Like, I want to see can Luke get it done nine and and fun fact: the Big Ten has just voted. They are going to probably say you don't need to have a non-conference game uh, with some of those lower divisions because they understand how important it is for strength of schedule now. And so I think next year, my guess is because UCLA and USC, because everybody's going to want to add them to their schedule in the Big Ten. And so the Big Ten is going to vote this year. And my guess is they're going to pass it with flying colors uh, that if you want to have 10 to 11 Big Ten games, go for it. And uh, I think that's what's going to happen because USC and UCLA, everybody wants a piece of them coming to the Big Ten. UCLA and USC want a big-time schedule, so they want every Big Ten team on their list early. And they want to do away with the other, not say crappy teams. Uh, we do know those teams make a lot of money by coming to play the Big Ten teams. Uh, but now at this point, Ohio State's like, why, why, why do I have to play Villanova? Like, can can I just go play USC and UCLA as my two quote unquote non conferences? We're in the East and they're in the West now. Um, so it'll be fun to see. Hey, Ron, um, question yeah. really quick. So, do we know what the realignment is going to be with those two teams? Because they obviously would be West Correct. teams, but but that would make an unbalanced conference. So do you, how are they going to do the divisions? Yeah, I think they're going to they're going to paper scissors rock and kick out Illinois. No, I I think when you look at the East, because uh, we know Brett Bielma, he's always going to pick you know uh, paper because he's just dumb. He's just every time paper, paper, uh, paper, paper. Um, <laughs> it's a stupid TikTok for those that haven't seen it. It's this dude that does like paper scissors rock with his girl, and they're betting stuff, and this idiot picks paper every single time so it has to be a bit because i'm like people are literally commenting like dude just pick rock like you know she's gonna do scissors like he keeps doing paper and she does paper then he does paper she does paper and he's like oh she might do rock so i'm gonna do paper again and she does scissors it's like dude pick a different one like he's Uh, the dumbest dude i've ever seen in my life (laughs) so it's got to be a bit it's got to be a bit because it's pissing everybody off with his stupid paper scissors rock and that that reminds me of brett bielman i feel like he would just go paper every time because he's like "I, i don't know paper like paper it's paper scissors and rock so i want to go with number one paper um but yeah i I think one of the teams on the east which is going to be purdue or illinois my guess illinois because they're you know closer to ohio uh would be out and then i think Mm -hmm. right indiana i think ohio's closer i'm I'm guessing that ohio's a little bit more east than indiana right i think i think so uh reggie used to live in ohio geographically ron yes Boom. I know it. I knew I knew I could see my map. I knew I could see it. Uh, but yeah, I think Ohio, Illinois, because then Chicago is closer to Michigan, so on and so forth. So that travel aspect, Illinois getting over to Penn State. Illinois to me felt like an East team from the start anyway. They they don't feel like they should be in the West. So I just think that's a natural, like, all right. And then the Bulls are in the East. Like, come on now. Uh, but they should go over to the East. And then that puts seven over there. And then the two new teams come to make uh the seven in the West with UCLA and USC, which is, is going to be tough for, for, for Minnesota and Illinois, or sorry, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa are going to suffer because they're going to have to deal with USC and UCLA every year now. And USC now with NIL, uh, Bronny is going to help recruit football now too, playing basketball. LeBron's going to be there recruiting uh, football for USC. 
So, oh man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And Lincoln Riley has money now out there, and he got it done in Oklahoma. He's going to get it done for sure, USC. But my guess is that's it, Sam. I think those two will go west, and then Illinois will go east. That's just my guess. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's not going to be a cakewalk in the Big Ten West anymore. Heck no. No, and I think that's the purpose. It has been. It's been pretty, it's been pretty simple, and there's no big-time game, you know, like teams. Michigan or Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, nothing against them. I love them. Um, I think Luke Fickle maybe adds to the Wisconsin allure, but Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, those are your those are your TV teams. You know, those are your big time TV teams. So now I think you add USC and UCLA to the other side, and now you possibly could have a Big Ten championship, and this is what they want: USC and Michigan, or USC and Ohio State. That's a big time Big Ten championship game that everybody's going to want to cover and watch. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting. And Ohio State just lost the number one recruit. They had lock, stock, and barrel, and he's going to Georgia now. Of course, he's going to Georgia. Um, so yeah, so it's it's not looking great in Ohio State uh, because he's like, man, nobody likes Ohio State quarterbacks. I, I might need to just go to Georgia, even though Stetson Bennett. Come on, buddy. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Got a word from our sponsors. Yeah, it's a Built Bar Day on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Let me tell you about, about the best-tasting protein bar in the world. It's Built. You gotta try them. It's a healthy snack that does not compromise on taste. You can get the Built Bars or the Built Puffs in store now at Walmart or Sam's Club. Go to the pharmacy section and pick up these 100% real dark chocolate protein bars. They're healthy, and they taste amazing. And the macros are incredible. Low calorie count, 130 calories, low sugar, four grams, high in protein, 17 grams of protein. I don't know how they pull it off, but they do it every single time. You can also get the specialty flavors at Built.com. Have them shipped directly to your door. Head to Walmart, head to Sam's Club, head to Built.com, and get some Built Bars today. You can thank me later. Oh, this Let Me Find Out Friday. I got to be petty. Let me find out somebody in the social media team for the Vikings screwed up. Here's where I go with this. We saw the Dalvin Cook banner. It was Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkins, and Kirk Cousins. All of a sudden, in the dark of night, just like most NFL owners, when they leave a team like the Browns going to the Baltimore Ravens, um, they changed Alexander Madison to the banner as one of the top four players on the team from a marketing standpoint. Now, I don't know why. I don't know if they were told to do it. I don't know if they just saw the Dalvin Cook tweet about contract and we want Dalvin Cook here, but we, we need him to take a pay cut. Maybe they just like went cowboy and did themselves. Either way, it doesn't feel right to me because Dalvin Cook is still a part of the team. And so if he does come back, do you put him back on the banner? Do you admit that you did this? because, Or do you have to ride out the season with Alexander Madison and just be like, look, I meant to, we meant to do that. Like Dalvin Cook's on our team, but we meant to do that. We like Alexander. He's so cool. I don't know. I just, I do, I, it's not sitting right with me. Like something's not right with how they did that because it's not done yet. So maybe there's an internal text of everybody say, Hey, it's it, the writings on the wall. Dalvin cook does not want to re- restructure. So we're, we're trying to, they're trying to trade them now. So let's prepare. Uh, prepare means create the banner, but wait, somebody hit sin too soon, but that's just my thoughts. I don't know. What do you think, Reggie? Yeah, this whole thing is just kind of bizarre. And the more it goes on, the more it just doesn't seem like things are going to go in the right direction. I mean, as you pointed out, there's no really coming back from the whole banner thing. It's like, I don't know, like after you have a decision and maybe he stays, then you just make Dalvin your whole banner. <laughs> like, hey, we were just playing. <laughs> hey, look at Dalvin. Look at April him representing Fools. Minnesota, you know, like, I don't know if that if that's the answer there, but here's my thing. Uh, you guys like now that they've made all these moves and created all this cap space and now they have all but one of their uh, draft picks signed unless you're just like using this money that you're going to maybe sign someone else or put some extensions in place why not keep Dalvin I think I kind of understand Dalvin Cook's logic he's like well like yeah last year maybe wasn't the most efficient year, but I still had over a thousand yards. I played in every game of the season for the first time in my career. Why should I take a pay cut? Because it's the end thing to do to not pay a running back. You guys committed this money to me a few years ago. 
honor your commitment. I don't want to take a pay cut. I'm still young. I'm still, you know, in my prime. I shouldn't have to take a pay cut right now. My my production didn't dip like an Ezekiel Elliott last season. So what's up? You guys have the money. Why do you guys just want to be cheap with me now? Right. No, nope. it's a it, it's a fair question, Reg. Like nobody's ever going to argue Dalvin Cook is top five in the league. He is so special when he's on. But I think KOC, you mentioned, okay, he was a little inefficient. He was very inefficient at some key categories last year. I think KOC, first year head coach. All right, first year's over. Let me look back now that the dust has settled. Where do we have to get better? I'm supposed to be the offensive guy. How can I sharpen this offense even more so? Dalvin tied for the league lead in fumbles loss, led the league in runs for no gain or less, third to last in total EPA. And I think he said, I need more consistency and efficiency on first and second down. There are far too many third and 13s for Kirk Cousins and this offensive line last year. And between clearing up the cap space and then moving to a running back, you know, by committee rotation, I think this move was set in motion the day the season ended. You know, I think about all the big moves that they made, right? So many big names, fan favorites that they cut. Think about Adam Thielen. Everybody got up in arms going, why didn't Thielen take a pay cut just to stay here? Who says they offered Adam Thielen a pay cut? I think they they knew they were going to clear a lot of this cap space from the get-go, and they knew guys like Thielen and Dalvin Cook were not going to be on the team next year in 2023. And, you know, the fun fact, too, I mean, this isn't necessarily a bad thing as much as we love Dalvin if you're trying to win a Super Bowl because yeah. this is the blueprint now. Here's the leading rushers from the last few Super Bowls. Pacheco, Cam Akers, Leonard Fournette, Damian Williams, Sony Michelle, C.J. Anderson. So, I mean, the proof is there as much as we love Dalvin. I think they need that money, though, Reg, to spread out mm. to some more important positions, whether it's this year or next year, and extend those key guys like we've always mm. talked about, T.J. and J.J. this year, and then hopefully Darius on next year as well. Yeah, Sam, what do you think? Yeah, firstly, who is keeping these receipts about what the banner <laughs> was and what the banner is now? I know. I, I had to go back. I couldn't even find what the old would look like. Yeah. Well, like, it's the same people that that will tweet out, oh, my goodness, Daniil Hunter just unfollowed five of his Vikings teammates. <laughs> How do you know that? Who's keeping track of, like, who blocked who? who like wiped their Instagram profile Some real sickos out there. I don't get it. I don't get it. But uh, there was some interesting commentary at pro football talk yesterday. Like we've been thinking that June 1st is kind of the deadline that they're waiting to cut him by. But, but it was pointed out on pro football talk that they could have cut him early and designated it as post June one. So that's not what's holding them back. What right. could be holding them back is that if they trade him post June one, I think they actually maximize the cap savings. Someone pointed that out. So maybe there's a handshake agreement in place that he's going to be dealt, but they got to wait until until June 1st. I don't know. I, it's, it's all very confusing and kind of unorthodox. You don't see a player of Dalvin Cook's caliber held in limbo like this very often. Uh, if there is indeed a trade in place, I'm very curious to see if they're taking on the contract, if the Vikings are taking on some of the contract, what the compensation is, uh, and could the Vikings just be loading up on day three draft picks here with the Zedarius trade and the Dalvin trade? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, who knows? I know Daniil Hunter, you know, he scrubbed his Instagram, and now he turned the comments off. So, you know, Ooh. he doesn't even want people commenting on the one picture he left up. Uh, he put a, you know, he, he has that on there. Same with Dalvin Cook. He still has four, but he has walk by faith. In his pitchers, I mean, he does have the NFC North champs pitcher up there with his teammates. He has his Pro Bowl pitcher up there. Uh, but he's kind of, you know, taking a lot of his pitchers. All his stuff is Pro Bowl. He has his Pro Bowl. Like, he has one, two, three, four Pro Bowl pictures up here. Uh, nothing in a purple jersey, though. I will say that. Like, the NFC North champs is just the – well, yep, there it is. It's the second pitch. So, he has two Vikings pitchers up there. Um, but you know, I, I think scrubbing your Instagram is not always a bad thing. I think the older people don't realize the, the Gen Z, cause we keep calling them millennials. They're not millennials. They're Gen Z. Uh, but the Gen Zers, you know, it's about having nine pictures. I don't know what it is like, just like rappers now are having nine songs when I was growing up and Razzy, you remember this Biggie Smalls had a two, like two discs, two discs with like 16 songs per disc. Dude, Biggie was giving us 32 of the hot fire 
Now these dudes is putting out seven to nine songs. Uh, like Lil Uzi Vert, his song literally just says, that's it. Like it just goes, like it's repeated that twice. right there. It repeats that twice. We got to loop that. We got to edit that. Like that's it. Like that's all. And it's playing in clubs. Like the song starts and people come running out. So that's just what we, we, we just don't understand these kids nowadays and uh, scrubbing your Instagram. I guess it's just part of life. Um, I don't know if I have time to even sit there and go through my Instagram and try to figure out what pictures to take off, but we got to move into a topic that's near and dear to my heart because fanduel.com, you made me a believer. You made me pay attention to the Denver Nuggets. You made us all think it was just Jokic and it's not just Jokic. It's KCP. It's Murray. I mean, they are Bruce Brown. What? Bruce Brown is ripping LeBron James to end a game. What? That dude's gonna tell that story for the rest of his life. On my way to the Western, or on my way to the championship, I, I ripped LeBron and we won the game. Like the story gonna change though. The story gonna change. Like they was down. Like the Lakers was down three, and if he didn't rip that, LeBron was about to shoot the fade back three and do the you know the. Uh, uh, I stopped all that green kids. Like that's gonna be Bruce Brown's story. Because by the time this, like his, he has grandkids, like our video 4K is going to look stupid. They're going to have a million K by the time they're up. Like 4K going to look like Sega Genesis. Well, Reggie, it's your turn now. Tell us what's going on with your Lakers. First off, now you're going to have that little Uzi song stuck in my <laughs> head for the rest of the day. Good Lord. Um, but this is a day that, the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, it's not because, like my mama. Yeah, I'm trying because, to find some sad music here. Yeah, because the, the Lakers, tiny, the Lakers let me down, man. They had Shaq on TNT the other day calling them "we." Shaq said "we." He doesn't even talk about the Lakers as "we" because he's played on so many teams now, and he's he Chuck guaranteed a Lakers win last night. And for what? Three fourths of the night, it looked like it could be the case. This was a classic case of playing with your food. And then the Nuggets all of a sudden woke up. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We shoot way better than this. All right, let's start knocking them down. Let's start knocking them down. So the Lakers play with their food. The Nuggets came and took it and ate it and put the game away. And it was just ridiculous how cold the Lakers went. And LeBron just shooting these threes, missing them. AD's like, you know what, LeBron? I like that. Let, let me do that too. And he's missing threes. I went on the newscast last night doing sports, and I had to literally calm myself down because I was so upset at what I watched. And when the camera came on me, you know what I did? I said, I put a smile on my face because <laughs> – it was time to do the sports. Fake it till they I make was it. So upset. You gotta I fake it so till they make it, Reggie. Luke, upset. what are your thoughts on that? Uh, on the upset Reggie Wilson and the uh the the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, the Los Angeles Lakers. It's like one of those knockoff jerseys you get from overseas. <laughs> I, I it, it's so clear and obvious to me right now. Like the Nuggets, two superstar studs are just so much better right now, these last two games, than the Lakers' two superstar studs. And what Murray did last night in the fourth quarter was just disgusting. He almost doubled what Braun and AD had combined in the fourth quarter alone. And I, I don't know, Reg. I mean, the Lakers just have no answers to stop him and Jokic right now. And if that's the case, the only way they can steal a few games is fighting fire with fire. That means Braun and AD need to look like the 2020 version that was averaging 60 points a game together. Otherwise, I, I think this one's going to be over quick. Good news is even after losing two, <laughs> Braun and AD combo, 26 and 13 together in the playoffs. Now they get to go back to LA. So it ain't Dude, over till it's over, Reg. Don't worry. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the crazy part. They got mad efficiency. They got like 40 from Rui and Reeves. True. And then the stars don't mm -hmm. show up. Yeah. Come on. That's man. tough. What'd you guys say? Yeah. The the thing about the Nuggets is, and we saw this in the Wolves series, is that Jamal Murray is going to control one quarter of the game. He's going to turn it on. Maybe it's the second, maybe it's the third, maybe it's the fourth, but he's going to have a moment where he swings the game almost on a nightly basis. 
that is such a valuable weapon to have. Like as good as LeBron is, LeBron doesn't have sort of the three point shooting prowess to own a moment like Jamal Murray. When it, if he, if he rattles off three threes in two minutes, um, that's just a gigantic swing in the game. Um, and that's not LeBron's game. That's not Davis's game. You know who could provide that? A guy who's been a little invisible, D'Lo. Where's D'Lo? You need D'Lo to do something because the Lakers' complimentary scoring really hinges on Hashimura, D'Lo, and Reeves. And last night, you needed something from D'Lo to, uh, to get over the hump. I have a hard time believing the Lakers can win four out of five against the Nuggets. Nuggets are too good. Uh, Jokic is just too consistent for them to have a letdown, I think, of that magnitude. So, sorry, Reg. I think it's over. Uh, okay, hold up real quick. Because uh, I'm this guy, right? I just pulled up the 2016 draft. Jamal Murray goes seven. Wolves had the fifth pick. Anybody remember who they took in that draft? 2016? 2016 draft. Wolves with the fifth D-Lo. pick. Chris Dunn. How's he oh. doing? Yeah, oh, he good? Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Man. That's all I got. I've I've seen a lot of that though. I've seen it was another one I was going to bring up with you guys. Um, <clears throat> it was another draft pick they were talking about, um, and I can't remember who, but the Timberwolves made a few. I mean, it's it's like continuous years they always miss on a guy that could be the guy. Um, I mean, I'll be quick. I love the Nuggets, Fanduel. I appreciate everything you do. Uh, you guys make every moment more, and you're making my Nuggets games. I mean, I it is it, look at the thing. Money is fun. But it's so hard to like get the money and then your team loses. Like I see what referees who bet on games feel like now. Like you're you're you you're gonna win money, but then it's like oh I'm throwing this game. But I, hey, I'm winning money though. So like after this is all over and the Lakers are in Cancun, I'm gonna sleep fine because I, I like I can go buy drinks for everybody at the bar. Um, but you know, I I, I am just uh it, it's tough. This is tough. Uh, I will say the Lakers are they do play better at home. Uh, the crowd is energetic. They've been in uh, both these games. Like the one, it was a blowout, and they came back. And that's why I was scared, and they lost by six. This one, they lost by five. So maybe they'll lose by four, and then three, and then it's too late. And then it's one time, and they're done. Um, You like that? Five, six, four, three, two, one. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Is this thing on? Um, but when you think about – You're getting punchy. The, you Ron's think about this, on this, you think about this team being in the game, though. They they have been in the game. I, I like Draymond Green. Like, Draymond Green all of a sudden is a coach from his podcast. But I do like what he said. He said, when you think about the matchups and the switches, he said, honestly, he would put Braun on Jokic. Why? Because they're going to set the pick and roll anyway. And so if they pick or Rory, and then when they set the pick, now Anthony Davis is just waiting for the pick. You leave the four open who can't shoot threes. Now, the problem is Aaron Gordon usually comes in and plays a four, and he can shoot. So you got to kind of figure out, can you close out on Aaron Gordon fast enough? But I like Draymond Green's breakdown. I think the Lakers had something going in the first game. At the end, they kind of figured it out. Second game, they started off hot. I feel like LeBron's missed dunk was kind of the start of like, all right, here we go. Like, Because he even said it, like, we could have been up 10. You could have been up 10 at that point. And maybe you could have put the nail in the coffin and you go into a timeout. And you, you didn't. You, you got too cute. Just dunk it. You're 6'9", 250, and you're 40. Just dunk it, one hand, quick, run back down the court. You're wasting a lot of energy to (laughs) – like you're wasting too much energy. But before we get into the last one, um, we're we're, we're almost out of here, people. Remember, Amazon Fire and Roku. You can download our uh, Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. You can get it also on iTunes, uh, iHeartMedia, and the Spotify. Wherever you get it, just subscribe, like, share, and don't forget YouTube. YouTube is, is one of the greatest places to watch us. Um, and so make sure you do that as well. Fellas, Luke wanted to get a little petty, and he wanted to find out if Jordan loves that guy. I'm going to give you guys some tweets. These are very concerning tweets to me if I'm a Packers fan. QB coach Tom Clement said he originally came back to Green Bay for a chance to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. See, why say that? Like, that's like saying, like, I was going to the club looking for my girlfriend, but then I found you, boo, and we getting married. Like, you, you don't tell her why you were going to the club. Like, you don't t- like the Packers are literally doing what you don't do. You don't remind your new boo of your old boo. That happens and- to Sam all the time, by the way, in the club. <laughs> I can't yes. see Sam in the club at all. <laughs> but when you when you look at uh, <laughs> I'm Rick, man. When you- <laughs> he's excited, 
He said, but he's still excited to be here with Jordan Love. That sounds like a, but I mean, I guess I got to do with this game. It's been gratifying helping a young QB improve again. So whatever, however you want to take that. Here's another one. Jordan Love says, I think I can step up and be a little bit more vocal now that I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Like, you, you, you're, these are, I feel like he does this in the morning in the mirror trying to get self, you know. And then here's a go. Here's another one. He's not going to be able to step out onto the field immediately and light it up. It's going to take some time. What? Like, I don't, like, I literally feel like everybody putting words out there jordan love you're making jordan love feel insecure you're not giving him the like glowing just because i feel like the packers almost are like well look if we don't really get behind him right away and he screws up we don't look bad if we start glowing about him and making it all about him and how great he is and he screws up then we look like a terrible organization so luke you wanted to say let me find out jordan love is as good as he says he is what are your thoughts on that? Well, and and Ron too. To your point, like I want to make it clear, I'm not even saying the dude's bad or I know more than anyone else. I'm just saying, how do we know? Like this man was not good in 2021 in some spot duty, 31 passer grade per PFF last year. He only threw 21 passes. 21. I mean, the guy threw one TD pass last year, and I'm just having a hard time here, Ron, figuring out why everyone has just now assumed and crowned this man as the next in line from the Favre-Rogers cycle in Green Bay. So far in two years, he's thrown three interceptions and three TDs. He's got a 60% completion percentage, and he's 0-1 as a starter. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sam, Reggie. Mm-hmm. chirp in here am i nuts like what am i missing why are people just assuming jordan love is the next great packer quarterback already after seeing such i call it what it is average play from this man what'd you got sam yeah i am very much gonna enjoy watching the packers have to squirm and and wonder whether to commit to this guy beyond 2023 <laughs> because because here's the this is the problem when you hold on to a quarterback for three years yeah and the rookie contract starts expiring. So they've they've got him under contract for two seasons. So let's say that he does struggle a little bit. That makes sense. He's first time ever as a starter. Let's say he goes 7 and 10, you know, very av- like 63% passer, 25 touchdowns, 12 picks, like very average and they don't make the playoffs. So then he goes into a contract year. Are they going to extend him? Are they going to just let it expire? Are they going to draft another quarterback of the future? They're they're just going to be in no man's land. Unless he's really good and can earn an extension, they're going to go into 2024, guys, in like a huge quandary. They're not going to know what their quarterback situation is going to look like. So I'm here for it. I'm here for mm. the Packers to have a little instability for once at quarterback, um, assuming that this guy isn't the next Aaron Rodgers, which I do not think he is. Reggie. Here's the thing. If they suck, then they can get a top pick and maybe replace him at quarterback and maybe move forward with the quarterback of the future. But here's the thing. I guess the reason why people maybe assume that he's going to be good is because they took the chance of moving on from a Hall of Fame quarterback who was probably your best chance at going to a Super Bowl. And I understand where Tom Clements is coming from. He's like, look, man, Aaron Rodgers helped take the team to a Super Bowl before. I think he still has it in him. Dang, I came back here. We got, we got <laughs> love. What's love got to do with it, man? You know? <laughs> and I think that's the that's the part for me that is interesting. But where I, where I will kind of push back on some of the narrative is the Packers should be trying to offer as much praise as possible. Get his confidence up. Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter, it wasn't the best. The Aaron Rodgers that we like came to know, it took a few years for him to kind of get to that level, to, to get to that MVP-type level. And so you kind of have to give it a little bit of time, uh, Sam, to your point. If you give him a couple years to kind of figure some things out, I think that it was gross malpractice from the Packers not to draft like a wide receiver in the first round, not to get get him like a bona fide number one 
guy. Like, you know, you like Christian Watson. You, you think, uh, you know, Romeo Dobbs can improve and all that. Like, get him a bona fide number one guy to just kind of maximize. Like, when you have a receiver that's just dominant, kind of covers up for some of the mistakes because you can just kind of throw it up to him and, and let him make a play. True. They didn't necessarily set Jordan Love up for success this year. They're like, okay, we're going to play good defense. We're going to run the football and and not have to put it on Jordan to to make all the plays. That's not really a sound model in this day and age of the NFL. That's like if Jeff Fisher is running your offense. And to your point, Reggie, the two weapons that they did draft for him, two tight ends, Tucker Craft, uh, SDSU Jackrabbits, and then uh, uh, Luke Musgraves from Oregon State. Two tight ends, typically what we've been finding out the last four or five years, tight ends more than any other position, take three, sometimes four, sometimes five years to fully develop. You look at Josh Oliver, who the Vikings just signed, come out as a passing, you know, pass-catching tight end. Uh, had to really work on his blocking. Now he's a more well-rounded guy. That took four years. Even TJ Hawkinson, it takes a couple years. So to expect a lot of instant success from Jordan Love right away with the weapons around him, to your point, Reggie, um, I, I just think I, I'm just confused about the whole thing. Fun fact about their draft, by the way. Did you see they drafted a kicker because Mason Crosby's a free agent? Anders Carlson from Auburn. Does that name sound familiar to anybody? Anders Daniel Carlson's, Carlson's brother. brother. Daniel Carlson's brother. Yep. Unbelievable. Well, we got to put this to bed. We are done with the Packers. We'll see what happens to Jordan Love. He gets to play the Bears, and I hope the Bears – I said this on the podcast with uh, Lawrence Screeden and Spice Adams – bear down because I would like to see them bear down on the Packers, and then after that, I don't care what they do. But bear down on the Packers. I don't want Jordan Love to be good because then I'm going to have to hear all the Twitter idiots coming after me. Uh, really quick one. You guys got 15 to 20 seconds. I'll put you on a pitch, uh, pitch count clock. A pitch clock. Is that what we call it? We talked about the West of the Western Conference, right? We haven't talked about the East. And here's my Easter Conference. Let me find out. Let me find out the Timberwolves could have just kept Jimmy Butler, got rid of everybody else, picked up Kevin Love, and made it to the Western Conference Finals with Jimmy Butler. Do you think that could have been doable if they had moved on from Cat and Wiggins and got as much draft capital as possible, bought Kevin Love back, and then drafted? Because Tyler Hero was taken with the 13th pick in 2019. Timberwolves took Cam Johnson, traded him to the Suns. They could have just drafted Tyler Hero put him with Jimmy Butler, maybe got uh, Kevin Love to come back to his hometown, to, uh, Timberwolves, where he started, and maybe they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. They could have picked up, who knows, they could have picked up maybe uh, the guard, uh, not Bradley Bill, but the other one that played with Bradley Bill. I'm forgetting who's the uh, who's the other guard for the Heat. Number seven. Why am I drawing Lowry. Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry. They could have got Mike Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Lowry. Uh, and you don't know who Mike – do you know who Mike Lowry is, Sam? Mike I know Lowry. Dean, I know Mike Dean Lowry. Lowry. It's in I a know movie. Shane Lowry. It's a movie. Bad boys. Sam. Bad boys. We know Reggie knows the no. movie. Sam knows no. movies. Reggie's no. never. Sam's never seen Bad Boys. Yeah, Mike Lowry was uh, Will Smith, uh, but Kyle Lowry because that's what Jimmy Butler said. He was he was alluding to the movie Bad Boys because they're gonna ride together. They're gonna die together. They're Heat boys for life. And so we could have just kept Jimmy Butler because clearly he's a winner. Uh, I don't know if they would ever got Anthony Edwards, and so we can't go back butterfly effect. But really quick, fifteen seconds, fellas. Do you think that could have been a recipe, a recipe for success for the Timberwolves if they would have built the team around Jimmy Butler and gotten rid of the guys he didn't like? Uh, Luke. If you're going to build it around anybody, yes, Jimmy Butler is that guard. I Arguably, uh, maybe the best player in the NBA during the postseason thus far. Certainly, he's got all the talent. Yeah, uh, why it didn't work out here in Minnesota uh, is beyond frustrating for a lot of Wolves fans. Sam. I think they, if they could do it over again, in the trade to acquire Butler, they should have traded Wiggins and kept Levine. If Yo, they kept Zach man. Levine mm. in that trade, I think Levine turned out, and, and Wiggins has had a nice run in Golden State, but Levine turned shooters, out though, yeah. to be a dynamic offensive player. And maybe the chemistry would have been a little better with Butler because I think he was rubbed the wrong way by Wiggins' kind of apathy. And maybe it's different if Levine's there and not Wiggins. Oh, Reggie. Yeah, like, because they have so many, like, dominant personalities in Golden State, it works for Wiggins. But, yeah, the whole him and Jimmy Butler thing, like, Butler, I could see him getting up in his face, like, come on, do you want this or not? Stop breaking these shots. Let's go, you know? And I think what's tough is is the, the investment with <laughs> – don't laugh, Ron. The investment with Cat 
and Wiggins. I just don't know that you move on from those two players for a guy like Jimmy Butler. But what he's doing in the playoffs, like the dude is just on a heater right now, unlike we've seen. And he's without like some of the better players on the team with the heat right now. So you, if you add a guy like that to what the Timberwolves have going on, knowing what we know now, maybe it works out a little bit better. For those watching on YouTube, I'm sorry for laughing, but when when Reggie did that, I just imagine Jimmy Butler doing that to Wiggins and Wiggins just looking at him like, I don't know, Canadian syrup? Like, I just don't feel like Wiggins would have a response. Like, I feel like he would just paper? say like, he would paper? just be like, he'd be paper like, rock paper? he'd be like, I don't know, Drake, best Canadian rapper ever. Like, he would just like, I just feel like him and Jimmy Butler are like, it, it doesn't work. It, it did not work. Oil and water, exactly, Sam. Like, it did not work at all. I think Carl Anthony Towns is moldable. I feel like he's coachable because Pat Beverly was that, like, loud, like, get-in-your-face guy, and 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 Cat was just fine with him. Uh, but, yeah, I think Wiggins uh, was a little soft-skinned, uh, didn't know how to take to tough – you know, like Michael Jordan even said it. He said he would have he made Wiggins quit. Um, and, and so you, you think about that with, with guys like that, like Michael Jordan, Jimmy Butler, Pat Bev, guys that are really, really vocal, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, uh, guys that get up in their guy's face, you either take to it or you don't. And Wiggins didn't, I think you're right. Levine, I think, uh, Carlin, the towns, I think they're moldable clay. I think Jimmy Butler could have got a championship here. Cause they were, they were really good. And now we see playoff Butler. Oh my goodness. I don't know who killed that team. It was the Butler. <laughs> and that's our time the and butler scene. did it the butler did it oh, oh man see oh, oh, come on now what what game is that though what i forgot the game uh clue, clue. clue. Yeah, yeah yeah see the butler did it um but that'll do it for us today on the locked on sports friday round table so it's a it's a 60 degree Friday, go for softball today. You're going to see uh, Eastern Conference basketball, and then you got basketball on Saturday. So looking forward to it all, people. Thank you for continuing to join us, like us, share us, comment with us, uh, tweet with us. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Reggie Wilson. That's Luke Emin. That's Sam Ekstrom. You know what? Why don't you go find out what this Friday is about? And have a good one.